The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic partner and a founding partner of the Olympic Channel, inspiring you to chase your dream. Olympic Channel podcast. My name's Ed Knowles and this is the Olympic Channel podcast. Champion and gold medalist representing the Ukraine. Champion olympique et médaillé d'or représentant l'Ukraine. Vladimir Klitschko. Imagine winning the Olympic super heavyweight boxing title in Atlanta, Georgia, USA, the home of Muhammad Ali. That's exactly what happened to Vladimir Klitschko. It kick-started a pro career that saw him become heavyweight champion of the world twice. He holds the record for the longest cumulative heavyweight title reign. And ahead of a huge year of Olympic boxing, we gave one of the all-time boxing greats a call in Miami. Olympic Channel Podcast. Hi, Ed. Hello, Vladimir. How are you? I'm, I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. It's so exciting to speak to you ahead of this amazing Olympic year of boxing. But I want to take you back to where it all started. Atlanta, 1996, representing Ukraine. It is the home of Muhammad Ali. What do you remember specifically about Atlanta, 96? Speaking of Mohamed Ali, I had the time uh, at the Olympics to meet him in person. He was present and he was actually lighting up the Olympic fire, as you remember. And it was amazing. I remember those days clearly. Uh, I was, I just turned 20 and I was uh, qualified. I was in Atlanta and getting ready for the longest tournament in amateur boxing, which lasts for two weeks. So I was fighting on the first day and I fought on the last day of the Olympics. And that was really, according to the endurance, probably the most challenging part to remain on those two weeks, just always staying sharp and focused. So it was not easy, but it was, um, it was something that um, every Olympian and every person that is boxer that is involved in, not just boxer, just in generally any athlete that is involved in the Olympics. Uh, this is the most exciting time of the career and um, you just cannot miss a thing. It doesn't matter what it is, your performance or, or what is going on around the Olympics. You're in Olympic Village, you're just I was observing everything. It was just everything was so new to me and so exciting. It was an amazing final. What about that final with Peo Wolfgram of Tonga? And he came home to some crazy party, even though he went home with the silver medal. But what do you remember specifically about that particular fight? You were behind initially. Uh, I remember specifically that I had a bad dream right before the finals. And I used to dream always um, before every important event in my life, I was dreaming how the event is going to happen and end up. And uh, I had a dream that I lost the finals. So it was right the night before before the match. Yep. And I woke up in a very bad mood because I knew what is going to happen. And after the first round, 
you know, I'm going back to my corner and my trainer is, is you know, slapping me literally and saying, dude, you are behind on points, you're losing. And I'm like, no way, like I actually shouldn't. <laughs> so, and I was thinking, now the dream will come true. And then I said to myself, that was just one minute time. And I said to myself, you know, screw it. I'm not going to lose. There is no way I have to pick up myself and I just need to make it happen. It was it was all great and I and I was super duper happy that I've made it and um, that actually that event and that win changed my life tremendously. There is no doubt I wouldn't been talking to you right now if I wouldn't won that medal back then in '96. So it's it, it's it's a life changing event. What I find most interesting about your career is the ups and downs. I think people remember like the Klitschko era, but I remember when you first turned pro and you were giving that standing eight count on the ropes to Laman Brewster. Obviously you came out and then you blitzed loads of things, but you had some low times as well. How important is it, do you think, to have that attitude that you uh, just explained on the road to greatness? It's, I'm not considering myself uh, great, um, but, um, it, you know, I, I, I'm not fishing for compliments or anything. I, I just, that's the attitude that I have, and there are always new challenges in life, and I'm just taking it, you know, I'm not swimming in the past and, like, and, and, and enjoying, you know, how cool I am or whatever. Uh, I'm just, I'm just uh, you know, answering your question and looking back. Yes, it was um, like a roller coaster, you know, ups and downs, and... My ups were high, my downs were really low, really low, and um, and I had it a couple of times, and uh, and I remember you just mentioned that fight against Lamont Brewster, and I and I lost it, and I remember HBO broadcast, and uh, everyone said on that broadcast, Jim Lampley, um, and uh, uh, I think I think that was uh, Roy Jones as well joining them, and um, so they were talking about. In the beginning, as long as the fight was good, uh, all fine. And then at the end, they said, basically, they written me off. So no chin, no stamina, no nothing. And um, that's it, basically. So you, I, I was buried. <laughs> and I need to say it a, a, as it is. You know, my next performance against Williamson was not, you know, I got, I, so I got the win because he got disqualified. Um, but uh, it was not good performance anyway. So and it was basically completely written off. And um, it was challenging to pick up myself from the dust and of criticism. And there was a lot of criticism. And I'm so thankful for this criticism because that made me better. I just want to show the opposite. And I knew I'm not belonging where I was on the floor. Uh, and then dust, I, I knew I, I just belonged to something else, to some different, and I'm not just done yet. Even though, even though my, my closest ally, my brother, said, bro, it's just time to retire for you. I think, I think you know, look at your face. And I, yes, it was, it was after, you know, Lamont Brewster fight, it was 2004 which was in April and in October I had against Williamson and then after Williamson we just like you know he looked at me and I had like this terrible cut in my forehead um, that I got and, and it was like all stitches I don't know how many all over the place and then like 
he said like look at your face man you know i'm just you know i've been in this sport for long enough to say like just don't you want to think about something else <laughs> it just i think it's about just about the time and you know it was even though it was hard to because he's an expert he's not just someone that it tells you you know and to hear that from your uh, closest ally that actually wishes you all the best there was there was uh, there was like there was a hard punch you know and 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 I was like thinking and telling to myself you know what I'm just going to start from the beginning and I changed my team I changed everything and everyone on my team um, including my ally in this game. I mean, he's still my team, but I said like, you know, you, you cannot walk into the gym when I train, you know, I don't want to hear any comments or, so I just, I just want to be me and I want to do my thing. And, um, and it was, it was hard for him as well for my brother, because he, he has been taught um, by my parents, our parents to take care of the younger one. You know, and, and then all of a sudden the younger one is, is doing the revolution, so to speak, and, <laughs> and saying, you know what, we're going to go in a different direction. You're your way, I'm going to go my way. So it was it was challenging time, but it was the best. It was the best time to take the challenge and eventually it paid off. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner by a score of 13 points to 11 in a blue corner, representing Great Britain. Klitschko hasn't competed since he lost to 2012 Olympic champion Anthony Joshua. Since then, the heavyweight division has been full of surprises. Deontay Wilder will look to avenge his defeat to Tyson Fury. After that, well, who knows? And perhaps one of them will fight Anthony Joshua. It was a truly epic way to go out in that fight against Anthony Joshua. Hand on heart. I, it's one of my favorite fights of all time. In fact, it's probably my favorite fight of all time. How much would you love to see Anthony Joshua taking on Tyson Fury? Uh, I think uh, first, they're not gonna fight each other. Um, and as you know, in boxing, you cannot look beyond next upcoming uh, event and fights. And I, and we just heard that um, uh, Wilder and uh, Fury will face each other. And um, and then we'll see uh, how the heavy division is going to mix up because one of them is going to lose. Uh, either Fury is going to win on points or Wilder is going to uh, knock Fury out. So there's no other way. I, I don't see any anything else. So and then we'll see the new mix in in, in the heavy division. And um, so one of the fighters is going to be eliminated um, due to uh, lost. And um, and then we'll see who is Joshua is going to face. So. And I think it was crucially important for Joshua to win uh, in the rematch. Uh, I'm glad he did. Um, the more he shines, the more I shine. I always said it and also said it personally to him. And uh, I, I definitely can. I, I don't know. For some reason, since I was watching Joshua winning uh, Olympic gold in London 2012, and uh, then get to know him in our training camp where I was getting ready for Pulev, um, and, and ending up fighting each other and still in the contact even after the fight. So I, I definitely have a lot of um, empathy, sympathy with Anthony, where I kind of see myself, you know. There is in a certain way, 
different times, but reflection, what I was going through and how things went uh, in my career, in my life. Um, so that makes, that's why, you know, sport is, is, is amazing. Even you, you could be um, bad enemies in the ring, but you can end up being friends outside of the ring. Uh, and there's been boxing uh, in many different cases, uh, not just um, like Joshua and me. Yeah. So, and I remember how Mark Schmeling was supporting Joe Lewis when Joe uh -huh. Lewis had really difficult times and how much uh, Max uh, was helping him um, and supporting. Um, so, history repeats. Ladies and gentlemen, your winner from the red corner, from the Ukraine, Vladimir Klitschko. It's an interesting time in the amateur ranks of boxing at the moment. The International Olympic Committee suspended the Boxing Federation, IBA. It's meant that the Olympic qualifications will be run by the IOC. There are a set of continental qualification tournaments that start with Africa. Dakar in Senegal will host the first set. They start on February the 20th and the Olympic Channel are streaming all of the boxing qualifiers. In a world with um, the recent difficulties with IBA, the Boxing Federation, and things like MMA being super, super popular. What are your plans for the future? And do you have anything planned for boxing? Um, well, the future is now, and that's how I take it. Um, obviously, I'm remaining in a good shape, and I still got it, and I work out every day, and I spar once in five weeks. And I love it. Um, I'm not announcing anything here right now. Not that you exaggerate your mind right now. And nor, uh, nor any of the listeners' uh, minds are going to exaggerate. So uh, I do lie to myself daily that I'm going to be back. And that keeps me in good shape. Um, and I just love it. I love the... The, the rent that I pay for my good mood. And then when I work out, I'm in a good mood. When I don't work out, there is an opposite. So I just want to remain in a good mood and I work out and um, on one hand. On the other hand, um, I've created a method which called Face the Challenge. And the principles of the method, focus, agility, coordination, and endurance. Face, so show face to your challenge, don't show back to your challenge. And the philosophy of the method, challenge management what is a challenge it's a problem but i don't have personally any uh, problems in life i have only challenges and i wish to you guys uh, the same to have the same because um, your attitude is going to change tremendously for its good and uh, um, right now i'm uh, i'm giving as much support as i can for olympic movement uh, i obviously like everyone in the boxing world got to know that AIBA got suspended and uh, uh, there are going to be qualification tournaments uh, that will lead into these qualifiers where Atlas is going to qualify for the Olympics uh, in Tokyo, uh, which is going to happen now in the next upcoming months. So I'm uh, trying to give as much support um, as, as I could. And I'm not alone. It's, it's allies uh, and we're a lot. And I think um, when we all want to, to have and to do the same thing, eventually it's going to happen. So the IOC is having the next challenge to stage Olympic boxing tournament without the AIBA. And I think um, that's the safety and um, safety for the athletes and for the sport to be involved in, in boxing, even though sanctioning body is um, 
as uh, Aiba is uh, is suspended. Uh, but the athletes uh, have nothing to do with that. So athletes need to perform and fans need to see uh, the sport at the Olympics. And I, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's a new challenge. And uh, I just want to see the sport of boxing more unified and more centralized and not split uh, with amateurs and professionals. Obviously, it's very important, you know, amateur sport and professional sport, but it needs to be unity because uh, what is currently happening, interests of promoters, sanctioning bodies um, and, uh, and uh, broadcasters and managers. So everyone has their own interests. Unfortunately, the interests of the core of the sport and this is athletes and fans is going to be disrespected. And that is not cool. Um, I do believe that through centralization and regulation in this case, there needs to be a union that needs to protect uh, athletes rights and every athlete need to have a life insurance, health insurance, uh, educational plan, uh, pension plan if you uh, fill out certain criteria. So should do uh, have those those uh, benefits trainers or or uh, judges because judging in boxing has been always criticized. You know, as a judge, if you're not really having those benefits, you're not motivated to actually judge clean. So you need to think about your future. You need to think and reflect the consequences if you're not doing your job properly and you're representing not the interests of the sport uh, and fans, but your own personal interests of some group or who knows. So when I believe the more transparent, the more digitalized the sport is going to be, the more open is going to be, the, the less uh, corruption is going to be in, in, in boxing. And one more time, I see this sport as centralized uh, unit that obviously has its own pillars and this you know amateur sport and professional um, but it needs to be a certain unity um, and not just spread and cut in different pieces and parts uh, regarding different interests of different uh, parties uh, and that's why I, I really uh, ha have a dream that eventually is going to happen because it's going and must happen uh, just for his good of the sport. With all those concerns, Vladimir, can boxing really be the number one sport in the world again? You know, boxing, when boxing is going to be digitalized, it's going to be, I don't want to say like number one, but one of the number ones. <laughs> so, um, you know, this is the most lucrative uh, sport the most uh, exciting, appealing, and uh, old, classic. Uh, if you think back then, Pythagoras and Platon, great philosophers who were practicing uh, boxing as well, back then at the Olympic Games, you know, fist fighting, whatever. I mean, it was not like boxing ring, but almost uh, that far. So there are great athletes and great, um, I just mentioned Nelson Mandela before, and he was a boxer too, you know, and I'm sure those skills um, that he get, got to know and learn um, in boxing helped him to actually survive in, in this environment that he had been for a long uh, time, uh, uh, keeping in the captivity. Um, and I think, I think that um, definitely boxing needs to be um, digitalized and that's going to help uh, to make it um, as profitable as possible, as, as good as possible. So all those dreams can be supported financially 
and not just support it financially in the way where where um, boxing will wait for for uh, being um, good in top 10 or top 5 um, at the IOC so it's, it's going to be a better better um, managed financed uh, but also you know at, at some point boxing can give these finances because this digital world will make it the sport as I said transparent and more profitable and they're going to be really enough for every party to uh, for fans to join it and uh, for athletes to dedicate their life literally their life uh, for the sport and unfortunately um, it has been uh, in the opposite way of positive in the opposite way of positive in 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 the past more than more than uh, yeah i would say <laughs> what's the history 100 years ish over 100 years so that's um, that's why I think now is the time for a great change, and I hope it's going to happen. Okay, I've got one last question. Okay, last question. If you could time travel and bring back one retired boxer and bring them to the Olympic Games in Tokyo, who would it be and why? I believe Muhammad Ali needs to come back. If you ask me, let's pretend, yeah? Um, yeah. he, he's the one that got to be well known for for u unity and peace and um, he was more known actually for his achievements outside of the ring um, he he uh, got free hostages in Iraq um, you know he was um, he was dedicated to uh, more peace than war he was uh, supporting the the movement in the U.S. Uh, of um, his folks um, and people that felt discriminated by um, by the others. I think I think something like that needs to be always uh, continued because the evil is going to always exist in our life, and it's endless fight in a certain way. The the good with the evil. Um, and uh, I believe we just need um, to have great supporters in, in this case with guys like Ali. And he was, he was funny, he was uh, entertaining, um, he was uh, performing, he was a performer. Uh, I think, I mean, if you ask me, I'm sorry for this long answer, but I would say Ali, Ali probably would have, would have an amazing impact. Um, as entertainment and as a fighter and as, as, as sending a message in this world. Absolutely. Ali and uh, so far, no one else. <laughs> that would be awesome. Vladimir, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye now. Olympic Channel Podcast. What an honour to speak to Mr Klitschko. Remember, if you want to watch any of the Olympic qualifiers, they will be streamed at olympicchannel.com. I put a link with all the info in the episode description. One of the fighters to keep a lookout for is Fraser Clark of Great Britain. He missed out on the Olympics in 2012 and 2016. Now, after recovering from being stabbed in the neck outside a nightclub, he has a renewed focus and determination. What it was, it was a rude awakening that you know, maybe there's certain places and certain certain things you, sh you should avoid and you can avoid. Um, so it's made me more more aware of my surroundings now. You know, I'm probably a bit more cautious about where I go and, and who I go with and, and, and what I do. So 
Um, it was, yeah, it's a huge wake-up call. Anything like that's a wake-up call, you know. Um, and I think that it's really, really good that not good that it happened, but it's it's made me a more wise person. Really, really compelling interview that one. Follow us on Olympic Channel across all social platforms. I am at Eddie Knowles with an I and an E personally. Give us a five-star review on the podcast app and write a little review. It really does help us out. That's it for now, though. See you very soon. Think like an Olympian.